What is up, everyone? You are checking out the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Ant. And I'm Macho Man Dan. Dig it! Dan has two personalities. Um, his character. If one is were, aggressive. One is the aggressive side. The other one is the nice, kind side of me. Also, but I think, like, your gimmick, if you were a wrestler, like, you would be, like, a schizophrenic. So you'd have, like, the top half of you would be Macho Man Randy Savage gear. Like, you know, the glass or whatever. And the bottom <laughs> would be the Hulk Hogan trunks and the fucking Hulk Hogan boots. And the red. It was, what you gonna do, brother? Yeah, it was a complete... <laughs> yeah. be, and you would make your WrestleMania debut at WrestleMania 48 in 10 years. So... <laughs> that happened. Um, you heard it here first. So, you are checking out our WWE WrestleMania 38 Night 1 recap. Night 1 is in the books. It was a great great wrestlemania dan what did you think of night one what were your expectations um i mean originally i thought it was gonna be shit i thought it was gonna be a shit show i thought i don't even know what i thought i just thought it was gonna be one of the worst wrestlemanias ever but they actually surprised me i they delivered more than i expected they would yeah i agree i thought um some of the matches, I was like, I don't know if I'm really going to enjoy it. And even those matches came through, in my opinion. And I feel like there was a lot of matches that I would look back and rewatch again. So that always makes a good WrestleMania. There's a moment, like you said, after moment, surprises, huge things happening only for night one. And night two obviously kicks off later on tonight. But let's start recapping night one. We start off with Brantley Gilbert performing America the Beautiful. I was not a fan of this. It was very the performance was it was you're just booing the you're booing the national anthem. Boo, Anthony's not American. Boo. I'm just booing the guy who sang it. It reminded me of when Fergie did it. It was not very good. Um, I think it also I feel like was very Forward. So there really wasn't anything behind it. It was just like he's saying normally in the past, I feel like they would do a nice video package or but it was just it was it was kind of weird. Anyways, we then get the promo video to open WrestleMania and Marky Mark Wahlberg is there and he welcomes one of my favorite actors. Just want to say that. I also love how um he was just randomly there. I was yeah, like, oh. I was I was surprised. I was like, wait a minute, that can't be Mark Wahlberg, can it? Holy shit, WWE went all out on that. Okay. Yeah, they're like, Ring of Honor, you want to bring out Samoa Joe? We Mark got Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, we got Mark yeah. Wahlberg. Then we have our Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders come out and they perform. They put on a hell of a show, like that little split at the end. It was entertaining, that's for sure. Mm. In many ways, man. I don't in many ways. Are you more of a blonde or brunette or a red? Wow. All right. Uh, I guess if I had to pick one, blonde. Really? Yeah. Okay. 
Wow. Not not on every girl. Not on every girl. Some some girls can't pull that off, but that's me. So you're more of like a blonde bombshell. Maybe. Mm. What are you? What are you, sir? I don't discriminate, baby. Oh, do you? Oh, really? Is, is that what we're saying now? Okay. Listen, I, I will take um, oh, and they all love me. Because I'm the leader of this here game. We're going with Okay. Sorry, we're just being scumbags right now, and it's totally acceptable because. No, I, I did also love how they played Thunder while they were doing that, while they were having the Dallas Cowboys. That was that was a really good. Yeah, yeah. It went really hard. I loved it. Yeah, Dory liked it too. And normally Dory is like, eh. she was like, "Oh wow, that was cool." The way they all at the same like time did the split, I was like. All right. Well, next we have our first match of the night, the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships on the line as the champions, the Usos, defend against Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. Our For our predictions, we have the Kentucky Nightmare, Dusty, defending. He is co-champion. He is the WWE pay-per-view champion and the AEW pay-per-view champion but Dan and I are coming for the title so he's defending against both of us we all think that the Usos were going to win here when I first saw the Usos come out I said that they looked like uh Dalmatians because they had like the red black and white gear which is kind of weird and then Rick Booge and Shinsuke Nakamura were repping this sort of um Mike's harder like lemonade infused. I don't know. It was like a yellow and dark orange. Why do we care? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know why we were like. It's like your mom right now. <laughs> you turned into my mom, Anthony. Yeah, if your mom is doing this recap, that's all we hear. Well, he was wearing the red. <laughs> Um. Okay. Oh, I liked him because of that. I didn't like him. He 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 looked too ugly. Did your mom watch it last night? No, but she is going to do it tonight. Yes. You better let me know your. Uh... Oh, I'm gonna love hearing all this. Oh my god. But one thing that is, I do find funny that she found out she was she was falling for Charlotte. She loved Charlotte last night. Oh really? Yes. So she did see the Charlotte Flair. Match. She didn't. She didn't see it, but like when my brother showed her some like part of the match and everything, she she was falling for it. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Oh, I love Charlotte Flair. I'm the queen, just like her." And I'm like, "Mom, shut up!" <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, "I'm just shut up." <laughs> the champion and the queen in the house. Yes, love it. Nah, that's good though. I like that she gets into it. That's fun. Um, anyway, I mean, it gets cringy as hell at points, but sure, look at how you want to look at it. I think it's fun. Why not? She's enjoying it. Um, so I wasn't really looking forward to this match just because I felt like there's really no point to it. So I'll give you sort of like what happened. The Usos were in control of the star, and Shinsuke lands a spinning heel kick. Boogs catches Jay Uso in a bear hug, 
and he does a squatted knee vertical suplex, which is really powerful, um, which I think is a prelude to what ends up happening to him later on. The Usos jump on Rick Boogs, but his knee buckles. The Usos nail a super kick and a splash of Shinsuke, but he kicks out. And then the Usos nail a day one, a day one to retain the SmackDown tag team titles. We get 10 points. You could tell that they had to quickly change the ending of the match because Rick Boogs legit did get injured. His knee completely buckled after Jay Uso jumped on top of Jimmy. Those are big dudes. So that's like carrying 400 pounds pretty much um, on your body. And for one person, that's hard. And the, I think because he jumped on top of him, it caused it to buckle. It wasn't like they, you know, he easily. I don't know if you heard, but they said he's going to need surgery. <laughs> yeah, he was carried out of the out of the arena. So, but what did you think of this match? I mean, it was. Let me go. Over I was expect again. Yeah. I was expect. I didn't give a shit about the match. I was like, "Who cares? Yosos are just gonna win." Bang a bang, bang a boom, done. But it was actually a decent match. Yeah, it was a you know, it wasn't like you said. It wasn't the greatest match. This match ran six minutes and fifty five seconds. I think had Rick Boogs not got injured, it would have been a bit longer. Obviously. But, yeah. uh, you know, life happens and we do wish Rick a speed recovery. But, yeah, I agree with you. It wasn't bad. And we got 10 points. So I can't hate. Uh, next, we have Happy Corbin with Madcap Moss taking on Drew McIntyre. This match I was not looking forward to either. I'm like, oh, great. Two crappy ones have to start off mania. Great. Uh, and we all thought that Drew was going to win this one. And Drew clotheslines Happy <laughs> Corbin to the outside, and he sends him into the barricade. Corbin runs Drew McIntyre into the post off the apron, and Corbin attacks Drew's knee. Happy Corbin with a back suplex, and he gets a two count. Drew nails a spine buster, and he also lands a belly to belly, and then a neck breaker. Happy Corbin hits a beautiful deep six, and he gets a two count. Drew nails a flying axe handle to Happy Corbin, and then Madcap Moss pulls Corbin out of the ring before Drew could try to get a pin. McIntyre nails a flying plancha on both men, which is really cool to see him. A big dude like Drew flying in the air like that is impressive. Drew nails a belly-to-belly to Madcap Moss outside of the ring, and he ends up missing a claymore to Happy Corbin. Corbin nails an end of days, and he gets a two count. And then Drew is able to nail a future shock DDT, a Claymore, and he gets the victory. Drew McIntyre is your winner. We all get an extra 10 points. So we all I do want to point out a little uh, fun fact for you all. That is the first time somebody's actually ever kicked out of Baron Corbin's end of days. Oh, look fun at that. Your name should be the Burnley champion. They Le professor. Le professor. Oh. Hey, you got the knowledge. Cool. I, do. I mean, uh, so after the match, uh, Madcap Moss gets in Drew McIntyre's face while he's on the ring apron, and McIntyre uses his sword and he cuts the ropes, which I thought was a cool moment. But a lot of people are on social media making fun of that moment because the sword is bent afterwards. You can see it. 
and people are just laughing because of a sword really wouldn't bend after splitting ropes in half. You know, I'm going to say this. I want to say this. In my opinion, the moment was cooler than the match. Well, I, I didn't think the match was that bad. I thought it was, you know, not great. I'm not saying it was. The, I'm not saying it was a bad match at all. I'm just saying I feel the the moment was better than the actual match itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like they should have done it during the match. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because then it would be cause a good distraction for everybody, and then Claymore done. I will say I think this was one of Corbin's best matches that I've seen him in in a while. Um, and I really wasn't looking forward to this one at all, but I did like this. And fun comment, Dory was like, ooh, Drew McIntyre was good in, in a shirt with the sleeve cut off like that. And I'm <laughs> like, you know what, that's all right, because I'm going to come back with a comment about Becky Lynch in a minute. Uh, <laughs> so we all have 20 points at this juncture. Next we have the tag team attraction match. The Miz and Logan Paul taking on the Mysterios. And Dominic was wearing a outfit, sort of an homage to Eddie Guerrero. Eddie wore this sort of attire back in 1995 in ECW. And Ray was representing Mexico. Uh, so the match starts off with Logan punching Ray in the corner as Miz holds Ray. Logan does a split, and then Rey Mysterio kicks him. Dominic nails a lion saw, and Dominic with a really cool combo hurricane rod to both Miz and Logan Paul, and he nails a spinning, well, Dominic nails a spinning flying splash to the Miz outside. Logan Paul with an impressive power slam to Dominic, and he gets a two count. Logan and Miz with yes kicks to Dominic, another two count. <laughs> Logan nails a blockbuster to Dominic, which was cool to see. That was a cool move. Dominic then nails a tornado DDT and makes a tag to Ray. Ray with a senton and he gets a two. Ray then lands a moonsault and Logan Paul breaks it up. Ray nails two amigos, um, but then the Miz sends Ray into the post. Logan nails a big boot. And then in a move that I was surprised to see him actually do, I'm surprised they let him do it. The, Logan hits his own three amigos. And he then nails a frog splash, but Dominic breaks it up. Dominic hits a suicide dive to the Miz. Double 619 to Logan Paul. Dominic with a frog splash. Ray nails a frog splash. But then the Miz pushes Ray into Dominic, or Dominic into Ray, excuse me. And Miz nails a skull crushing finale, and the Miz and Ray Mysterio and Logan Paul get the win. After the match, after the Miz and Logan Paul have their hands raised, Miz turns and nails a skull crushing finale on Logan Paul and smiles, basically saying, "This is my ring." We all thought the Mysterios were gonna win this match, so we all have zero points. Dan, what did you think of the match? What did you think of Logan Paul's outing? And what did you think? Oh, okay. We'll give you three questions here, okay? What did you okay. think of the match, right? What did you mm -hmm. think of Logan Paul? What did you think of the aftermath? And then I want you to compare this match to Bad Bunny because Bad <laughs> Bunny was also in a tag match against um, The Miz. The Miz, yeah. So, go ahead. Technically, that's four questions, but okay. All right, the f the match itself 
was good. I would definitely go back and watch it. It was entertaining. I will say Logan Paul did a lot more than I expected him to do. I expected him to just be like, have like a spot here and there where he's like, you know, hitting somebody. Sorry. I expected that. I didn't expect him to do so much in the match that he actually did. Um, I was definitely surprised to see Miz and uh, Logan Paul win. I was like, well, I mean, they're the baby faces. Why would they lose? But, you know, it was definitely, it was definitely entertaining again. So, and the aftermath with Miz and Logan Paul was, I don't know how to describe it because I don't really see this being a good feud because I heard that, you know, Logan Paul signed a contract with WWE. I don't think it'll be a good feud, but I don't think it'll be the worst I've ever seen. I have to wait and see how, because if Logan Paul is as good as he, as he did last night, then I feel like it has it could have some uh, potential. Now comparing this to Bad Bunny, I'd have to say this match was better. Really? Truthfully, yeah, I'd have to go as far to say because because Logan Paul, he was a boxer. You know, he fought Mike Tyson. And everything he makes you believe he could actually, you know, fight. You know, because he again he's done stuff like that. Bad Bunny, he was just a singer. He never really did much stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, Bad Bunny wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. He was definitely one of the... I apologize. Definitely one of the... Uh, yeah, I, I just ate. I, I just ate. I apologize. He's gonna puke. He's gonna... He's gonna... He's gonna puke. But no, um... Bad Bunny wasn't the worst thing last year, but I definitely think this year was, was better. See, I completely disagree with you. This was the one match that I wouldn't go back and watch again because I felt like really, I felt like it did nothing for anybody. I felt like it was literally pointless. What was the point? They had a feud for what? There was no ramifications. Oh, now you're going to – literally for what? What was hmm. the point? Like there, there was no outcome there. There was no Ray turning on Dominic. There was no defiling Mysterios constantly lose against everybody they are put up against. Dory made that comment. She's like, damn, Mysterios lost again. I'm like, yep. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I thought Bad Bunny's match was a lot better because of your reasoning why you thought this match was good. I thought because he was a boxer, he could have done a lot more. Like he did a couple of moves. He botched a little bit of some of the stuff. And Bad Bunny, I think, was so good because we didn't expect much from him, you know, because he was a singer. Uh, this guy, Logan Paul, he was good, but I just felt like I wouldn't watch it again because there was really no um, reason. There was no payoff to it. I understand what you're saying, but I don't know. Like, I, just, I just feel it was better because... I mean, I believe the victory more than I believe Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. That's just me, though. But also, I think it put a bad taste in my mouth, too, because it's like, like I said, the Mysterios always lose. What is the reasoning for them to lose? And then for him to pull off the three amigos, and the, it, it's a little bit like shitting, I think, on them. And my, my opinion is like, why are you even in this company if all you do is lose? Every match Mysterios have been teaming up together lately, they lose. 
And I just thought that maybe they would have a WrestleMania moment where they could easily beat The Miz and Logan Paul and then not have that be like, why did The Miz turn on Logan Paul? They they won the match. What did Logan Paul do? Oh, my word. Like, it makes no sense. They should have made them lose, and then that'd be the reason why Miz was pissed and have Miz. Well, we don't know if there is entirely a payoff yet. There could be a payoff for like the Miz and Logan Paul feud. I mean, I think it makes no sense that he did turn on them, but you never know. I don't know. I think they're going to do Logan Paul and the Miz at SummerSlam, and that's like just sort of what they're going to end up doing, I think. And I just feel like you use. I'm just. I was definitely glad though for for the victory because Miz deserved a win. He hasn't won in a while. He finally got a win. But you really think the Miz winning compared to the amount of times the Mysterios have lost is greater? The Mysterios. Also, also you got to look at it like this. I mean, yeah, technically Dominic and Ray should have split up a while ago because of how many losses they've had, but if they just keep losing and losing and losing, eventually WWE is going to get the idea to break them up. I don't understand why they don't get it, do it by now because, I mean, think about it. WWE has had so many good tag teams, and they break them up in a week. Why not? Why have you been holding on to them for so long and, the, and you haven't broken them up yet? Well, that's what it. I'm saying. You need to have them have a... The problem is by the time they try each other, no one's gonna care because they haven't had any um like. But um, you got it. But sometimes it's better late than never. Sometimes I'm not saying it's every time, but sometimes it's just better late than never. I know. I just feel like I rather like like people. I think would care more if they were winning. If they were like a good team together, I wouldn't really care either way. If I'm being honest, I don't get me wrong. I like the match, but I don't really care too much about it. But I wouldn't care either way. It wasn't like it had something to do. Like, it had nothing for me to care about. It was just another match for me. I'm, no, I'm talking about, like, if they turned Ray and Dom, right? Would I think- okay, well, yeah, that would be something, but they didn't do that. You're, you're very obsessed with that idea, but you're also saying at the same time, well, it's too late now. No one's going to care. Because, well, that's what I'm trying to explain why. If I it went back in the day when Eddie and Ray were a team, right? They, if they kept losing, the storyline would be, oh, they're mad because they lost. But the storyline was these were a great tag team. They were tag team champions. Eddie and Ray fought at WrestleMania because they wanted to see which person was better. Ray won. Then summertime kicks in and they lose the titles. Or Eddie turns on Ray and he goes, I'm your poppy. There was a story behind it. Right now, we've had these guys for two years be a tag team. They haven't really done anything. You expect them to turn on each other. You didn't expect Eddie to turn on Ray because there was no inkling in it. They weren't losing all the time. There was no reason for Ray to and Eddie to be mad at each other. It wasn't until Eddie Ray beat Eddie that he's like, "Boom! Is this guy gonna outshine me?" And then it became. I feel okay, like- but I think what I think another problem is that you're focusing on how you know it could be good, but it's not. You, I understand you want it to be good. Everybody wants everything to be good, but then if you're going back in time to look at something like that, it's completely different because this is a completely different aspect. Eddie was Ray's best friend, but before he was his enemy. Dominic is Ray's son. There's a completely different aspect. It's just to it. corny. Like Dominic carries Ray on his back. Like it's corny. Like I just feel like it's 
very like I'm not saying I disagree with you, but I'm also saying you got to look at it differently than how it was back then. Because again, their son, their father and son before he was they were best friend, but before enemy. You're just focusing too much on how they did this before and how they're not doing it now. Because they're gonna turn eventually. They're gonna break them up. And what I'm saying is, in my mind, when they well, how do you know they're not gonna break them up? I mean, look at the new day. They never broke them up. They're still going together, and it's been years, and they've been and they lost a lot. Well then, if they well then, here's my question for you then: If they don't break them up, right, and Mm -hmm. they've lost every match they've had together, what is there going to be their final thing? They're just going to keep losing, and that's it. I'm not saying that. All right, think of it like Kurt Hawkins' losing streak. He lost every match, and they made it into a storyline. But he's a joke. That's the whole point. Like, nobody took him seriously. Even now in Impact, he does the announcing character, and then that he gets he runs away from fucking Colin Cassidy, big cast every week. Like, the he what I'm saying is they're tarnishing, I think I'm not saying right, they're tarnishing Rey Mysterio's legacy by having him team with his son and constantly lose and have there be no for two years, no payoff at least. There will be eventually. But it's just been for two years them losing. I feel like it's there. I feel like they just keep pushing it back. That's that's me though. They could be. I don't know. I like they want to pull the trigger because they because they were about to pull the trigger at one point, but then they backed out like the last second. You know? I feel like they. I think they're trying to do something different. Like maybe you're right. Maybe like we don't want to go back in time. Maybe we want them to. The like underdogs where you know they're not gonna win, and then when they do win, you're to happen. But it's like when someone keeps losing, you kind of don't count on them to win. Like I thought this was gonna be a good because even you thought they were gonna win. We all I, yeah, were- I did. I thought they were gonna win, but I mean, I do like the fact that Miz won. I mean, a lot of people took the Miz as a joke. They took Logan Paul as a joke, but then. You know, they won and it was a surprise. But here's you know? another here's why I don't think it's good he won. The Miz already has a great career. Dominic has no wins and he is he's start he's over he's starting out like he has nothing. He has no wins. What if has he, Dominic if, if, doing? All right, all right, let me ask you this question. If he's such a good if he has such a good career, then why hasn't he gotten a win in like a year? Like when's the last time you can remember saying, Oh yeah, Miz won that? Touche, but he still has had a good. He they he had a whole entire episode of Evil about him. Like they've done documentaries on him. He yeah, well, WWE champion. He came in as a reality star. He's been I mean, Intercontinental he champion. He has his own reality show. He's been in WWE since two thousand and six. I mean, he's had a career. Dominic he definitely is, had one, but I mean, you also got to look at it like this. Not every star who 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 is like their father or their mother or something isn't always going to turn out like the greatest wrestler of all time. I mean, sure, Charlotte Flair, you could take as an example, is somebody who's really good like their father. But somebody like, say, Mick Foley's daughter, they're not that great. I, I'm not I, saying that she's not so a good you wrestler. Don't think that, you don't think Dominic is that good then? I don't think he lives up to the hype as his father does. I don't think he's as good as Rey Mysterio. Because I think the reason why is all you ever see is him with his father. And that's why they need to break them up. 
all you see of Dominic is, oh, his dad, because that's all he's fucking around. He's either carrying his dad. First time we saw him, Samoa fighting his dad's battles against Samoa Joe. Then the dad beats him, and then he carries the dad on his back. Then they tag team for a little bit and get their ass beat by everybody. Then they win the titles for like a day, drop them. I just feel like he he doesn't have an identity because he's too much with his dad. Break them up. Have his fucking father at this point. Well, you could also look at it like this. A lot of people knew Charlotte Flair because she was Ric Flair's daughter. And after a while, they broke them up. Not like a tag team, but, you know, like they broke him from being her manager. And she finally started to stick out. She was champion, yes, but that doesn't matter. She actually started to stick out a little bit more when she wasn't always constantly with her father. Yeah, when they do break them up, maybe it'll make dad. Dominic stick out more. She was with her dad for like, what, a, a, maybe like 12 months? eight, like, like, months. No, 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 no. He was with her when he was like in NXT and everything. Not really. He came out for one match with her. He came out for the Bret Hart match. I'm just saying, I that's what that's how they I broke feel. it up fast so that she could have her own identity. The whole entire thing with Dominic has been, I am my, I am Rey Mysterio's son, and oh no, my sister is dating Buddy Murphy, so now I'm gonna be mad. Like they, like his whole entire career so far has been his family, and it's like be your own person. But anyways, that, that, anyway. <laughs> You've been going over this for about like almost an hour now. I love it. We're passionate. Because I think we both know that I think if he was, if Dom, I would have liked it better had it been Miz versus Dominic. They didn't, and, and Miz won. They don't need to keep having them tag team people up. Just have fucking Dominic do some single shit. You know, have Ray come out, maybe a special attraction. Well, maybe, maybe the reason they're not doing it is because maybe Vince sees it like we do. Maybe he sees it as he's just Ray Mysterio's son. What what else is he really gonna do? He he's not a big jacked up guy that can make me money, you know? Yeah. But he could do so well and he's a tall he's a big motherfucker. And if he wants to get jacked, he's so young, he could be big. They just I feel like you know, he's, they still have some time because he is so young. But if they don't hurry up, he's just going to always be known as the shadow of Ray, And that's not what anyone wants to be. You could also think of, I mean, he didn't go with him. But, I mean, it's not like it's the first time that it happened. I mean, look at Curtis Axel. He, he's the shadow of Mr. Perfect. He never lived up to the hype that Mr. Perfect did. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm not saying he was intercontinental champion. I mean, you could say that he was also. You could say that Dominic was tag champ. But yeah, that was but he hot. wasn't a singles champion. He was with his dad. It, yeah, you're right. He's <laughs> always with his dad. And then the other thing too is the video package. That I'm going to quit this. Was all about oh, I've had so many great tag team partners in my career, but the greatest is my son. And it's just like you did nothing with that story because. There was no sort of crappy. There was no cheaty and shitty ending. No one cheated, like cheated to win. There was just okay. We got beat again. Your great tag team partner, your greatest partner, is someone that you always lose with. Like it makes no sense. Um, I agree. It, it's it's taking them a very long time for them to do it, and I don't know why they keep holding back. 
I mean, at this point, I feel like it's just too late, but that's probably well, why they're doing because they know it's too late now. We'll see what happens. I mean, like you yeah. said, they're still raw. Um, you know, the story will develop. Speaking of developing, Breast, Stephanie McMahon comes out and she thanks the fans and says she's blown away by the power all of us coming together from different countries and different backgrounds to celebrate WrestleMania. She introduces us to Olympian Gable Stevenson, or no, it's Gable Stevenson. Hasn't he been under contract for like a year now and they just haven't done anything with him? Yeah. But what's cool is he did just win like the U.S. wrestling. Uh, He did win the Tokyo Olympics. So he was doing stuff. So that's probably why he hasn't done anything yet. But Gable Stevenson now is in WWE. Probably going to go to next too. No, he's in, he's on Raw. They remember they drafted him to Raw. Right, right, right. Of Raw, we have our WWE Raw Women's Championship match next. Big time Bex, the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch, taking on the EST of WWE Bianca Belair. We all thought that Becky was going to win this one. Becky Lynch comes out, and it was cool because the opening video package for her was kind of like a then, now, forever opening for WWE, but it was for Becky, which I was, you know, thrilled with because she's my favorite. And she came out in a really cool white Jeep limo, and she looked fucking awesome, man. Like She looked, she, she looked different. She, she definitely looked different. She looked badass. Like, she looked like a bad, like, bitch. Like, you know, she looked like an evil fucking, I sold my soul for this title. Like, sure as hell looked like you did. Um, hmm. Next, Bianca Belair, there's a fucking marching band that comes out. and I was Which like, made no fucking sense. Made no sense. And I was like, what the fuck are they playing? And then Dory's like, for a theme song. And then I, I heard, and then I heard it. Um, dun, 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 dun. Once I saw the marching band, I knew Becky was losing. That's when I knew it. When I saw the marching band, I knew she's taking home the title. I fucking knew it. I said this. I was like, I, when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck are they doing? At first, I thought, I'm not even going to lie. At first, I thought they were playing like the NFL theme song. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, I forgot to say this. The Drew McIntyre and Happy Corbin match, that was 8 minutes and 38 seconds. The Miz and Logan Paul match was 11 minutes and 15 seconds. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, it was, it was weird. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Who are these people? Uh, but I think did I text you? I think I might have said. Um, you said I, I have Beck, Bianca's gonna win now because of the shitty entrance. <laughs> I'm not even lying. I could I could probably pull it up right now. Yeah, I found it. Yeah, Bianca's gonna win this one. Bianca's gonna this one, win this one with this shitty entrance. And you said we'll have to wait. And then you said and 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 see. So yeah, I knew. Um, so, but let's talk. Bianca, you know, starts off offering her hand. Becky punches her, goes for a manhandle slam and gets a two count. Becky kicks away at Bianca and gets made two counts. Uh, Bianca goes for a suplex, but Becky counters with a DDT. Becky misses a moonsault and Bianca applies it as armor. Becky sends Bianca hard into the ring steps. A Bexploder, she actually nails three Bexploders. Becky Lynch super kicks Bianca and Becky hits a leg drop across the ropes and gets a two count. 
which with isn't a double, that the move that ended uh, her and Dewdrop's match? Yes, that was. You are correct, sir. Yep. So yeah, she's uh better than Dewdrop, obviously. She kicked out. Becky with a double underhook suplex and an arm bar, but Bianca lifts up Becky, but Becky is able to dump to maneuver her way to dump them both outside of the ring. Bianca suplexes Becky outside, and Bianca hits a gut buster and gets a two count. Bianca nails a modified glam slam and is spinning springing moonsault and gets a two. Bianca drops Becky on the top turnbuckle and nails a 450 splash and gets another two count. Becky nails a cool spinning drop kick landing in Becky's face. Or in Bianca's face, sorry, which I don't think was supposed to happen. I think it's supposed to be a different move. But uh, Becky's feet ended up hitting Bianca's face instead. Bianca nails a spine buster. Becky kicks out of the move and sends Bianca into the into the ropes. Bianca has the KOD set up, but Becky holds onto the ropes and Bianca tosses Becky outside of the ring. Becky then pulls on Bianca's ponytail and sends her into the ring post. Nails a manhandle slam on the steps, but Bianca breaks it through the 10 count. And Bianca just nails a KOD, gets the win. It becomes your new Raw Women's Champion. We get zero points because we all thought Becky was going to win. And if you're listening to the to the recap of what happened, you know that Becky had control pretty much the whole entire match, and Bianca just got the KOD. I mean, what do you think about that? After getting a manhandle slam on ring steps, and after all the other moves. Also, you're forgetting the most important part. Bianca sold that shit like she was dead on the on the apron step on the, on the apron on the steps, and then the second the second there was the nine count, she immediately stood up and ran into the ring, yeah. like, like, like 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 it didn't even hurt her. This is behind. Like, that was like an oh. like she was overselling it, and then she literally undersold it by literally standing up and just getting in the ring. She wasn't even dragging herself in the ring. No 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 no, she just did it as if like oh okay I got put on the steps. Oops okay well I'm up now. I'm going to let you guys know some behind the scenes. Dan, just go along with it. So this is what I say to Dan at the end of it. This is what huh? we say. This, this is our conversation. I go, uh, shitty ending. Dan goes, it was a good match till the ending. And I go, 100, 100. I said, I'm going to call Bianca Hulk Hogan. After taking all that shit and the Manny Handle slam on the steps, she's still able to just get up and nail one KOD to get the win. So dumb, they made Lynch look so weak. Okay? Here's Dan. I'm upset. She didn't fucking deserve it. She's like the female John Cena winning the world titles at back-to-back WrestleManias, okay? Here's the funniest part. And why the fuck do we need a Sasha Banks promo? She's in a tag match. Anyways, some behind-the-scenes stuff here, but uh, I think we agree, like, it was a good match up until the ending, right? Um, But it didn't really do anything for me for Becky. I felt like it made What's going to happen to Becky now? Are they going to have her fight again at WrestleMania Backlash? Have her beat her, please. Or are they going to have Becky just sort of wait until SummerSlam? Because I just feel like it's going to be weird seeing Becky not as a champion, you know? Bianca Belair was good, but she was good because Becky wasn't there. I agree with Becky. that She said that back in September, and I agree with her. The only reason why Bianca Belair was any difference or anything was because of Becky wasn't there, you know? And I know the storyline is, oh, the fans turned on me and cheered for Bianca. When the 
ref when that well, the reality is I don't even think that's true. I think they all oh. cheered for Becky more than they cheered for Bianca. Yeah, when the announcer said their names, the crowd was really into Becky more than Bianca, you know. But I mean, she's your new Raw Women's Champion. I was upset that Becky didn't win because she's my favorite, but Becky will get the title back. Screw Bianca. Hopefully she gets attacked by somebody. I have a prediction that Bailey will be back soon and maybe Bailey will fuck up Bianca for us, please. Uh but with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to find out who Seth Frickin' Rollins' mystery challenger is. We have the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. And we have the special KO show with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stick around. Welcome back, y'all. We are still covering WrestleMania 38 Night 1. And up next is a match that I feel like everyone has been looking forward to. Seth freaking Rollins comes down to the ring. He has a group of random people singing on the stage, which was very, very, I thought it was strange. I didn't think it made any sense to his character or his storyline. I thought it was very funny, though. But what was the whole point of it? I don't know, but I was laughing at it because I, I, if you remember the quote I told you, I was like, yeah, these guys are actually on note, unlike the people who were playing Bianca's song. <laughs> yeah, you did say that. They're just like very like oddities. They're very strange. They make any you know sense. what it reminded me of? It kind of reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but when uh, Chris Jericho was AEW champion and he had a match, he had a choir start thing, singing his theme song. That's what it remi- reminded me of. Yeah, but they didn't look like normal people. They like all looked weird. What do you mean they didn't look like normal people? They had like weird things on their head. Like they were there. If you go back and look at it, they didn't look like normal people. You have to watch. I don't know what you mean by normal. They had, they all had on these wigs and these like. Maybe they were robots, Anthony. Who the hell knows? I don't know. I was just confused the entire time. Um, So we wait a little bit, you know, to sort of get an idea of who it is. Everyone's, you know, thinking. Who it is? No one knows. We wait a good like maybe like two three minutes, and eventually you hear, uh, what there, is it? There is more no, than just one one family. family. But I want to point out something. I found it funny because <laughs> when the lights went out, right? Yeah. When the lights yeah. went out, people put up their flashlights as if it was going to be like Bray Wyatt. When they did that, I was like, oh shit, Bray Wyatt came back. That's fucking awesome. But then I heard that, I was like. Wait a minute, that sounds very familiar, but I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. And then when I saw the American Nightmare, I freaked out. I was very happy to see that it was actually Cody Rhodes. I was honestly like, don't get me wrong. I would have loved to see Bray Wyatt return to the company. I would love to see that. But Cody Rhodes coming back, that's just a bigger surprise in my opinion. The Kentucky I mean, Nightmare. Like, like, Go ahead. What I mean bigger surprise i mean like we all knew it was gonna happen but like you know the fucking kentucky nightmare was shaking in his boots when he saw the american nightmare come back because he's like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh the real guy is here Uh oh the kentucky nightmare versus the american nightmare the winner has the rights to the nightmare name um book it for wrestlemania 39. I also want to say this. I, I'm going to sound stupid when I say this, but I never really understood why he called himself the American Nightmare. But then, then I actually figured it out. American Dream, Dusty Rhodes' father, American Nightmare. I never put two and two together. Wow, Dan. 
Look, I, I may not be the smartest person on earth. I apologize for the head. I don't want to say you're not smart. I'm just I'm just surprised that uh I just never put two and two together. Well, that's all right. I mean, now you know. Yeah, now I finally got it. <laughs> so I was excited to see him come back. And uh we start off the match and Cody nails an arm drag and he does his stardust taunt with a nice little cartwheel, uh sort of mocking the whole entire gimmick. He ends up, well, Cody ends up with a drop punch to Seth. Cody suplexes Seth, and then both men land outside of the ring. He sort of suplexed him outside. Cody sends Seth into the post and applies an arm submission hold. Uh, Seth nails it in Zaguri, and Cody drops Seth down hard with his arm to the mat, pretty much trying to sort of make an attack on that arm of Seth Rollins. Cody jumps off the top rope, but Seth nails a drop kick Seth nails a gut buster and he yells welcome back to the big leagues bitch and then he ends up tossing Cody hard into the post and puts Cody in a bear hug Cody with a clothesline to send Seth Rollins outside the ring and Cody nails a suicide dive sending Seth over the announce table Cody nails a flying moonsault and gets a two count Cody jumps off the steps, but Seth catches him and power bombs Cody into the railing, well, guard railing. Seth nails a super kick and a falcon arrow and gets a two count. A lot of nonstop action here. Seth misses a stomp and Cody nails a crossroads and he gets a two count. Seth Dobbs. Dr- Seth Dobbs. <laughs> My speech is popping up again, guys, when I read fast. Seth Rollins drops Cody on top. And Seth nails a top rope dragon sleeper inverted suplex, and he gets a two count. Cody nails a power bomb and a springboard Cody cutter, and he gets a two count. Seth nails a pedigree. That is also a two count back and forth. Seth, Seth kicks Cody in the face, nails a rolling elbow fist to Seth's back of, I mean, just to Cody's back of the head. <laughs> But Cody nails two crossroads, a bionic elbow, and a third crossroads to get the win in this epic WrestleMania match. I complaint about the match. I loved the match. I loved it. I have one complaint, though. Cody oh. didn't hit faster kick. I think that would have been the best way to end the match off. It'd be like, I can't end him this way. I must do it this way. I would have loved to see that but no they didn't have you would love to see what was it Dan that you said I would have loved to see the disaster kick I think it would have been a smart idea to end it that way because he couldn't end him with the crossroads if he can't do it that way he gotta pull out that old they gotta pull that other move out I mean come on bro yep yep I mean I don't know if you remember what the disaster kick was I hope some people do though because that was an awesome move um let me, I think I remember it. it. It's basically where he jumps off, like, he runs towards the ropes, he bounces off, like, not bounce, he jumps on the ropes. He oh, he does that cool kick thing, yes. That that round, uh, cool. The roundhouse kick, yeah. Yes, yeah. that was cool. It's like a springboard kick. Yeah, it's like a springboard roundhouse. That's what it is. I would have loved to see the. I would have loved okay, to see him. Yes, that's cool, that's cool. Or maybe have him try to do that, have that kick out, and then do a crossroads. 
Yeah, may, or yeah, originally, and then have them do the crossroads. Yeah, that would have been even smarter, I guess. But that's just me, though. Yeah, I, that was my little complaint about it. Well, but besides that, the match was like stolen the night, if you ask me. Yeah, it was a great match, and we all got ten points for that because we thought the mystery challenger was going to win. I was excited to see Cody. I wanted to see him come out, and I thought they both delivered. They both deserved it. They both are great athletes, and I do think the right person won. Had Cody lost, it would have had no momentum. and It, it would have been like a waste of a comeback. Exactly, man. Cody would have been like, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> All right. Without even being in the company for more than one night. We then get the Hall of Fame class of 2022 uh, inductees. We have, obviously, Queen Charmel. We have Vader's family, because Vader passed away. I hope Nikki Bella knows now. Well, the Bell Twins know now. Um, also, we had the Steiner brothers there. The Warrior Award recipient, Shad Gaspar's family. And, of course, The Undertaker was there. Let's talk really quick about it. The Undertaker is a Hall of Fame. I legit, I'm not going to be dramatic, but I did cry. It was very cool. The, the ovation he got, those people cheered for him for a good, not even going to lie, like 10 minutes. It was a standing ovation for him. He definitely deserved it. Oh, definitely. Uh, what were your if any, if anybody in the business ever deserved that, it would be The Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, it, it just feels. I mean, I'm. I can't really speak for a lot of people, but like, I know for at least for me. And honestly, I may not have been around for so long for like the whole entire streak. I may have. I may have been there for like maybe when it was in like the late teens, but not like, you know what I mean, like in the late teens for the streak. But just it felt so surreal that Undertaker's finally in the Hall of Fame. Like it, it didn't feel like it was really true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because he's I, such an iconic character that's like... I, I'm sure it felt even worse for you considering the fact that you were around for pretty much the entire streak. Because mm-hmm. I was born in 1993 and his first mania was 91. So, so and I remember like my brother, I, I tell the story all the time. I'll tell it again. My brother, I used to really like Doink the Clown. And I was terrified of The Undertaker back in like 1994 because he was creepy. I was probably, this is probably around like, it's like 97, 98. So I was probably like four or five. And my brother would be like, Aunt, do you want to see Doink? And I'm like, sure. So I go upstairs with him. He'd be like, all right, hang on, but I'm going to get the VCR ready, but I don't want you to, to see anything. So I'm going to put a blanket over you and I'm going to get get it ready for you. And I'm like, okay, cool. <clears throat> on that pay-per-view, they had The Undertaker and Yokozuna in a casket match, and um, my brother would traumatize me and constantly show me The Undertaker, like, turning his head. So... <laughs> oh, wow, that's funny. Yeah, so there's... No, it's weird seeing him in the Hall of Fame because he was... He's such an iconic character. Yeah, but, you know... Everyone does need to, you know, shit going. Everyone on. needs to hang up the boots eventually. Yeah. So. But he did say never say never, so that's not. Come on, man. I mean, look, I, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, Undertaker, bro, you've earned your time of rest to, to rest in peace. But like, you know, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see a match, but 
Give it a break, man. You've done your you've done your duty. You don't need to do anymore. You're good. You've earned more than just my respect. Well, the I think it's cool that I was able to see him live because I I was a big fan. I saw him in 2007. I think I probably have seen him before too, but I just remember seeing him in 07 and thinking that I was like, all right, I'm glad that I got to see that moment because I knew it was cool to see him. So, but yep, they had the Hall of Fame class come out. It was nice to see everybody there. I also want to say this uh, that uh, I think it's cool that the Steiner brothers are in there. And, and you got to think about it like this now that they're in the Hall of Fame, now that, you know, like for example, Scott Steiner said he's never going to accept this. He would never do it. And look where he is now. He's now in the Hall of Fame with his brother. And technically speaking, Bret Hart also said he was never going to go in the Hall of Fame because he hated Vince for what he did with Montreal and all that. Yeah. But then he ended up doing it. So never say never. We might get Scott Steiner might eventually forget like they him and Vince might eventually make up and he might go in by himself. Who knows? He could, but I mean, I don't think Scott Steiner's. I think if they, yeah, I guess it's, uh, yeah, they have Queen Charmel in there, so I guess he's prolific enough. I was gonna say his career in WWE, but if they cover his career in WCW, then yeah, they could cover him. I'm just saying. Well, next we have the attendance record uh, for the night. Attendance record: the attendance for the night is seventy-seven thousand eight hundred and ninety-nine people. It's a lot of people in attendance. I want I want to say this. I, I know I'm saying a lot of things about it, a lot of things, but um they they more than likely lied. They oh, more than oh. likely lied. But I'm very I, I am glad about one thing. Because last time they were in the stadium, they said there was over a hundred thousand people, which could not possibly be, considering the fact that the stadium cannot hold that many people. So I'm at least glad they at least went with a realistic number. So good job, WWE. You actually, you actually did something kind of good. Still, stay me alive, but still. Yeah, they did. You know, they told the truth. Somewhere. So next, we have the WWE SmackDown Women's Title match on the line. It was supposed to be the main event, both Ronda and Charlotte. Oh, called main event. <laughs> yeah. And the SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair is defending against Ronda Rousey. I felt like both of their entrances were very, um, for it being the supposed main event, very lackluster. Yeah. They really didn't do anything. I mean, you'd expect the main event to have a stellar entrance, you know? Yeah. So the match starts and Ronda applies a leg head scissors across the ropes. Charlotte with an elbow hard to Ronda's chest, slamming Ronda onto the apron. Charlotte runs Ronda into the post and gets a two count. Charlotte then punches Ronda hard in the face and applies a dragon sleeper. Ronda nails a knee to Charlotte's face and gets a two count. Ronda nails a really cool modified tornado DD2. DD2, a DDT. She suplexes Charlotte. But then Charlotte nails a spear and gets a two count. Charlotte botches the Andrade moonsault, which was terrible to see. She always botches a moonsault. She I was, mean, yeah. she's done them before, and she's always botched them. So yeah. Charlotte then chops Ronda, and Ronda nails a suplex. 
Charlotte hangs Ronda against the ropes and applies a Boston Crab on the top rope. And then Ronda nails a top rope arm drag and gets a two count. She nails a Ronda nails a Piper's pit, a knee lift, a knee lift. I saw like I'm uh, fucking Drew McIntyre. A knee lift, and then Charlotte nails a big boot. Ronda, this is a lot of action in this match, too, by the way. Ronda nails a quick suplex to Charlotte, applies an ankle lock. There was a there was a few uh, nip slips from Charlotte. Real, I heard. Charlotte reverses <laughs> into an ankle lock of her own. Ronda sends Charlotte to the bottom turnbuckle. Ronda applies her second ankle lock and great vines, but then Charlotte kicks her off. Charlotte applies a figure eight, but Ronda reverses it. Charlotte then misses a flying moonsault outside of the ring and lands a exploder to Ronda into the ra- guard railing. Ronda nails a Piper's pick, gets a two count. Charlotte, Charlotte put her foot on the rope. Charlotte nails a natural selection and gets a two. She then Charlotte then spears the referee by accident. And then Charlotte taps to the arm bar, but the referee is out. And then eventually the referee comes to it and Charlotte nails a big boot to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. And we all did not get any points because we thought Ronda was going to win. So what were your thoughts? Oh, my God. I have so many complaints about this match. One, who the fuck? Who the fuck? If you call it the main event, who the fuck ends a match with a big boot. That's not her finisher. Who the hell ends a match with that move? If it's your finisher, okay, fine, I'll accept it. But it's not. That pissed me off. Second, second, I think the women's matches endings should have been in reverse. Becky should have been the one to retain. Charlotte should have been the one to lose it. I mean, for God's sakes, you're talking shit about someone's child and you're going to let her go over? That's bullshit. Well, I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. And plus, and plus, you know, healing baby faces aside, Charlotte's been on top for what over like almost a year now. Why the fuck are we still panning to Charlotte? We don't fucking need her. Look, I'll give it to her. She's a decent wrestler. She can do some things, but she we don't need to kiss her ass anymore. Okay, we get it. She's Charlotte fucking Flair. We get it. Shall we always kiss her ass, though? I don't get why we need to continue it. I'm not saying Ronda was the great is the greatest wrestler she deserves. I'm not saying that. But stop kissing Charlotte's fucking ass, dude. Like, holy shit. Yeah, I I think she's not. I'm not a really big Charlotte fan. I feel like there are a lot of things that she. You know, same as stuff. I said, I'm pretty sure it should have been in reverse. Becky should have been the one to retain. Charlotte should have been the one that lost. WWE yeah. fucked their moments up. Just saying. No, I, I really agree. <laughs> I think... I don't know. I just feel like they need to start doing something different because eventually people... I mean, I know people already have gotten tired of Charlotte, but I think it's going to be even worse as the years go on because she's now been doing this since 2015 in WWE and that's we're now in 2022 and in a couple of years and we can't get past the Charlotte era uh, she's not I her think, father 
I'm sorry, but her character is nowhere near as good as her father's was. I just want to point that out. They try and make her like it. She's nothing like her father. Okay, maybe she's in the ring. Said this was the best women's match of all time. No, it was not. No, <laughs> the hell, it was not. Flair, I'm sorry, but shut your damn mouth. It was not. <laughs> Flair, I'm sorry, shut your damn mouth. It was not. Yeah, it was okay. The reason why I feel like they let Charlotte, I feel like they didn't really plan a hell of a match because I feel like they both were pissed that they weren't in the main event spot. And they're like, instead of... Well, actually, it was Ronda who was really pissed. Charlotte wasn't as mad. I mean, yeah, I'm sure she was mad, but I'm... it was more Rousey who was upset. She said she should have been in the main event. She she almost didn't even do the match, apparently. Well, she walked out of the Hall of Fame, but I do know that also Charlotte was pissed, too, supposedly, that she was upset that she had to go after... had to go before Austin, too, supposedly. But... Well, no, <laughs> I know what I heard is that Ronda was so mad, she almost didn't even go through with the match. That's what I heard. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, I kind, I do, I do get it because a lot of wrestling fans would say, you know, the Kevin Owens show is not a wrestling match, but you'd have to be an idiot not to realize that the Kevin Owens show is going to turn to a match, you know, like, yeah. So obviously, Ronda, sit down. You, I can also see why, because they were told they were going to be the main event. And then, like, right before, like, the day before the show, they're told, yeah, this is going to be the main event now. You guys got replaced. I can see why you're upset about that. I can see that. I would be a little upset, too. But really, you're just disrespecting people at that point. You're like, I'm not going to show up at the show just because I'm not the main event. That's selfish. That's just selfish. Yeah. Well, here we are at our real main event, the Kevin Owens show. Kevin comes down. He welcomes us to the Kevin Owens show. He calls Stone Cold Steve Austin the worst role model he ever had. And claims that if Stone Cold doesn't sit down, he will pour a can of whoop ass on Austin. Austin comes out. And Kevin basically challenges Austin to a no-holds-barred match. I want to so, point out, uh, I do want to point this out. Stone Cold's entrance, man, was like 10 fucking minutes, man. Look, I get it. You want to pan to the crowd, but holy shit, hurry it up. It went, the whole thing went to like midnight. Yeah, it was a long um, entrance for sure. But it was, I know a lot of people were excited to see Austin. No, I I'm not saying that was wrong. I'm just saying, hurry up. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Quicken up a little bit. Like, I get it. Well, that's what he does. He does this fucking four rope thing. Oh, but he went to he went to both sides of the stage. He didn't need to do that. Oh he yeah. Could've, he yeah. could have skipped that part. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So then Austin obviously agrees to the no holes barred match. Austin starts punching away at Kevin. He stomps away at Owens. He clotheslines Kevin outside and he rakes Kevin's eyes. Kevin then sends Austin into the post, and he attacks Stone Cold with a tripod. Stone Cold then sends KO through a table, which was cool to see. Kevin suplexes Stone Cold Steve Austin on the concrete. Austin then tosses Kevin on top of an announce table. And then there's a moment where doesn't Austin get his little, like, moped thing, and he... Or Owen, someone tries to commandeer, then Austin grabs. Well, no, no. So what happened was Owen tried to start the like start the the quad. He was trying to get away, but Stone Cold got on it. He he kind of hit him, and then he drove up the stage for some reason. Yeah, 
And then that's when Austin suplexed KO on the stage. Kevin then nails a stunner, and Kevin goes to hit Stone Cold with a chair in the ring, but it ricochets off the ropes and bounces right into Kevin Owens' face. And then Stone Cold nails a stunner, and Stone Cold Steve Austin is your winner, gets the win. After the match, he calls Byron Saxon to the ring to celebrate. And obviously, he nails the star of Byron Saxon, and Saxon sold the shit out of it. <laughs> this is pretty much like a nostalgia match for people who are fans of Austin. I said it before, I feel like it would have been better if we didn't know about it or if they just made the match happen. I feel like the Kevin Owens show wasn't necessarily important or was needed to be there. They could have just booked the match, and I feel like more people would have been excited to see it. Or they could have just made a complete surprise and have Kevin Owens come out at WrestleMania and just say, you know what, I'm tired of this. I didn't get a match. Fuck this place. There's nobody, you know, in this from this area who could beat me. Because I feel like because we knew about it, everybody knew what to expect. I'd rather have been more shocked. I, for me at least. I have somewhat of the same opinion, but I have a different opinion on something. In my opinion, even if they were just like keep it all the same, they did all that. What they should have done different, though, in my opinion, is what they should have done. They should have had Kevin Owens win. That would be a bigger surprise, something that people would be talking about longer than, oh, my God, Stone Cold Russell. No, if they had Kevin Owens beat Stone Cold in his last match ever, because this is more than likely going to be his last match ever. Yeah, that's a bigger thing to talk about than anything. I think that's what they should have done, but that's me. It would have put over Kevin Owens because, look, Kevin Owens has been in, I don't know, in my opinion, he's been in like a slump lately. Like, he hasn't really gotten anything new. He hasn't gotten like a big victory over anybody. If he did that, if you can say, I beat Stone Cold at WrestleMania, you got something you can brag about, okay? I'm just saying, it would have been a smarter option to do that. Yeah, I understand but, you want to. I understand you want to pan to the fans who love Stone Cold. It was the last he's so I iconic. Guess. I understand that, but if you want to make like, you got to think about booking after it too. It would have made a lot more sense to have Kevin Owens win it. I mean, realistically, realistically, also you got to think about this. If Kevin Owens was to go against Stone Cold, Kevin Owens is gonna whoop the shit out of out of Austin because he's I don't nothing think against so. him. Nothing against Austin, but he's old and he Austin can't really fucking 50 something years old and okay okay all right on a I'm, not, I'm just saying he's older than kevin owens and and his body hurts after doing that stuff i'm just I saying know. in a realistic fight i believe kevin owens would win and i think, I think gotta... austin would hold his own i think i think i'm the not thing... saying that, i'm not saying austin would get the like the shit kicked out of him but i think he would win i just feel like you're not going to have Stone Cold come back to lose to Kevin Owens. I understand that, but if he did, I just think that would have been the better booking decision. I, I get that, but then if he did, they would never let, they would never let Kevin Owens live up to the hype, you know, because that's how WWE is. It's like they would just say, okay, he beat Stone Cold, and he would just be put on the shelf, and then he'd be fighting Sami Zayn again in two months. You know, it's like they don't do no, anything. I, I understand that's the way WWE works, and I and you know WWE is going to put Stone Cold over. I'm not, but if you know, 
in a good world of wrestling, that would have been the smarting book, smarter booking decision. That would have been it. Only if he like cheated to win or found some loophole. No, 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 no. I don't even think I don't care how he wins. I don't care if it was by DQ for fuck. I don't care. If you can say you beat Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania, that is something to brag about. That is something that you could be like, that'll live on for the hype forever. That'll, that would be a WrestleMania moment more than Stone Cold coming out and whooping somebody's ass. Well, we will talk about Stone Cold whooping ass again in a little bit, but let's go over quick our results. We right now all have 30 points. So we are all tied when we do our recap of night two, which is coming up right now in a little bit. We will be talking about, obviously, the winner-take-all match for the Universal and WWE title, Edge versus AJ Styles, and so much more. So stay tuned for that. Night two of WrestleMania on the way. Night one of WrestleMania, I give you an A+. You guys had some great matches, great moments. Supposedly, this McMahon was in love with Logan Paul's match, which I really, I think Logan Paul was good, but I don't think he was really as amazing as Vince is making it. But we will see you at WrestleMania night two. Bye. Bye. What is up, y'all? You're checking out the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. And we are here covering WrestleMania 38, Night 2. I'm Ant. What's up, everybody? It's Macho Man Dan. Yeah. And WrestleMania Night 1 was huge. And we got a trailer basically saying that Night 2 will be even better. And we'll let you know our opinions on that. Dan, myself, and then Kentucky Nightmare Dusty are all tied with 30 apiece. We'll be finding out who the WWE podcast champion is. Triple H comes out to start off WrestleMania, which I was happy to see. The fans chant, thank you, Hunter. He thanks us and welcomes us all to WrestleMania. Fireworks go off, and then we see Triple H's boots in the ring. And then Gable Stevenson is introduced in the crowd. And the first match of the night... We have a triple threat match for the Raw Tag Team titles. The Raw Tag Team champions, RK-Bro, defending against Alpha Academy and the Street Profits. Chad Gable starts the match with a bridge German suplex, but Riddle hits a Broton. All six men fight, and Montez Force jumps over the top rope onto everyone outside of the ring. Gable nails a flying moonsault to the outside to everyone. Oh, straps real hard to the mat, and Gable applies a leg submission hold. Chad then hits a monkey flip to Montez Ford, but Angela Dawkins nails a suplex to Riddle. Otis then jumps on Montez Ford as he pins Riddle, and that gets a two count. Next, we see Riddle with a knee lift and go to sleep to Angela Dawkins. Randy is finally tagged in. He nails a back suplex. Well, he actually back suplexes Ford and Gable on the announce table. He nails a double DDT with Riddle on the ropes to the Profits. 
And then Alpha Academy nails spin fist and a top rope bulldog to count. The Prophets nail a, a blockbuster combo and they get a two count from Gable. Randy missed Dawkins with the spine buster. Or, so, I'm sorry, Randy goes for an RKO, but it's missed by Dawkins. And then Dawkins nails a spine buster. Riddle nails an RKO from the top rope to Montez four, which is really cool. Chad Gable jumps off the top, but then Randy nails an RKO out of nowhere to retain the Raw Tag Team titles. After the match, the Street Privates bring in drinks to celebrate with RK Bro. They're about to celebrate. Um, and they also give some to Chad Gable, too. Chad Gable pushes, or I'm sorry, Gable Stevenson. I'm Chad Gable and Gable Stevenson. It's already fucking confusing me. <laughs> like I'm Vince McMahon. Gable Stevenson gets in the ring, and he's about to drink but then chad gable pushes the drink away from him and he tells gable he has a free lesson for him he tells gable to shush and then gable nails a belly to belly and the three of well the, team, the fucking rk bro street profits and gable steve stevenson celebrate you, Dan, were the only one to get points. You got 10 points with that because you thought the RK Bro team were going to win. And Dusty and I thought the Profits were going to win. What did you think of that match? Uh, well, I just feel like I don't know where, where RK Bro is going to go from here. You know what I mean? Like, I knew they were going to do it. I know WWE was going to do that. But, like... <laughs> Where do they exactly go from here? They've pretty much been everybody on the main roster. And honestly, I feel they kind of ruined the Street Profits after this match. I mean, the Street Profits haven't won a tag team title in so long. They haven't won anything in a while, realistically. No. But yeah, sure, maybe they, they've won a few matches here and there. But like, they haven't like won something that like shows, yeah, we're still here. We're, we're, we're taking over. But you know what I mean? Like, they're not relevant i feel like anymore they're just kind of there yeah they're not they're not like they're not threatening to the tag champs anymore and alpha academy i never really took them as a threat but you know whatever what tag team can they realistically have that makes you think oh shit maybe they can actually take the tag titles you know it's it's a um I hear you, I agree. I feel like RK Broche it's fine if they won, like, but I, I thought would have been cool would be like Matt Riddle or Randy Orton turning on one of each other. That that would be cool. That would make sense. Oh my god, we're gonna have a few now. It didn't happen. So where do where do they exactly go from here? I guess we'll have to wait and see. I feel like um there's really not really much that they can do because, um, like you said, I mean, they, they pretty much be in everyone on Raw unless there's a new tag team coming up. But we'll have to wait and see. You should be a little happy because you did get 10 points. You have 40 points now, and Dusty and I have 30. So then next we have Bobby Lashley taking on Omos. Omos is in control of the match, and he applies a bear hug. Bobby lands a really cool snap suplex to Omos, which is awesome. And he nails three spears, and he ends up pinning Omos. 
Well, I want to know though, what the fuck was that from behind? Like he went for a spear from behind him. What the fuck was that? I know that was a. It was a definitely. It was just sort of a way I think for last year to sort of like get Omos down. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that great in my opinion. But Dan, you and I both got ten points. So Dan, you have. 50 points, I now have 40, and Dusty has 30. What are your points on this match? Thoughts on this match? <laughs> um, what are your points on this match? I didn't care for it from the beginning. I just It was just a match they made up just so they could have a match on the WrestleMania card. I feel that there's people that were way more deserving to have a match than Omos was like Ricochet or Finn Balor, your champions. <laughs> but what do I know, right? Yeah. Exactly. And plus, this match didn't do anything for either man. It just said, okay, Bobby Lashley won. Cool. It didn't do anything for Omos. If he won, it would have done something, but it, it, it didn't, you know? Yeah, it was very strange. I feel like this WrestleMania was sort of like random match, random match, random match with sort of no general build but i guess it's just sort of a way to show that bobby lashley is strong and you'll see the next especially after coming from shoulder shoulder surgery i think it was i don't know yeah it was just a good way to sort of show bobby lashley off next we have the anything goes match sammy zane taking on johnny knoxville Sammy starts off with a haluva kick and then knoxville uses the fire extinguisher on sammy zane Sammy nails Johnny with a cookie sheet and he bends a crutch over Johnny's back, which would obviously hurt like fuck. Sammy tosses a trash can at Johnny Knoxville and he gets a two count. Zane then sets up a table with mice traps on top of it. Mice traps? You mean mouse traps? Mouse traps, mice traps, whatever. Leave me alone. Bro. Just saying, bro. That's a weird way to say it. Mice traps. I wrote down mice traps. I don't know. I think I was trying to say plural for mouse. Um, then uh, Knoxville nails Sammy with the trash can lid, and he hits Sammy with a stop sign, which is a huge sign. Sammy then nails an exploder suplex to Johnny through a table and gets a two count. Party boy runs down. He pulls off his pants, and he has a thong on. And he starts dancing on Sami Zayn until Knoxville rolls up. Sammy gets a two count. Wee Man then makes an appearance and he attacks Sammy. And he ends up body slamming Sami Zayn, which was a strange moment, but it's okay. Knoxville hits a tornado DDT and he got a two count. Sammy then kicks Wee Man in the face and Knoxville's nose is bleeding. Sammy climbs up top. And Knoxville has Pyro go off while where Sami Zayn is standing. And Knoxville ends up rolling a bowling ball at Zayn's balls. And he uses a fake, like, lay kicker thing to kick Sammy in the balls. It's like a robot thing. It's weird. Sammy then runs into the big foam hand. And then Knoxville drops Sammy off the top rope through a table. And he tases Sammy. And then Johnny uses a huge mousetrap to keep Sammy's arms down, and Johnny pins Sammy. So with that, I get 10 points because I thought Johnny was going to win. So now I have 50 points. Both Dan and Dusty thought Sammy was going to win. What did you think of the match? A lot of action here. 
Definitely. Um, it was a good match. I mean, like, I'm not going to say it was the greatest match ever. Nowhere near it. I thought it was, it was a comedy match. And, you know, some, some are good, some are bad. Honestly, I think it would have been better if it was like a, uh, what, what, what are the, like, they're like, not animated, like, uh, like, like they're filmed behind stage. Like they're not like right in front oh, of the fan. Or, I see. Like, whatever, something like that. I think it could have been better that way. I don't think it was the greatest match to ever happen in front of fans. Um, like I said, it was a comedy match. You know, I, I enjoy some comedy matches. It was okay, in my opinion. wasn't the greatest match. Was yeah. what it was. I agree. I don't even. I really don't think it should be on the card because I. I remember you said you thought it was like a really long advertisement for Jackass. Yeah, but also I'm like just an old school sort of wrestling person where it's like I feel like for me I'm used to WrestleMania as being one night. And I feel like every match on WrestleMania needs to matter. It needs to really have a purpose. And that's why I was a little, like, unhappy with this Sears Mania because I didn't feel like every match truly was built mattered. up to wasn't, like, yeah. didn't, yeah. WrestleMania should be where the, the matches that you wait a year to see, matches that you never thought you would see, or matches that might have just started happening but are still interesting to see. And that didn't happen. I mean, there were some that okay, were like, uh, If you're going to say that, for example, the hardcore matches, like the hardcore scrambles or whatever, did you really, did you wait a year for that match? No, but here's what I'm speeding here. On, that's what I just said. And then you're going to have some matches that aren't really that important, but it's okay because you still would care about even the story with that. The hardcore scramble that they did at WrestleMania 2000 was cool because at the time it was 24-7 rules. So the title was pretty much like... Okay, but did you really care about yeah, it? Yeah, people really did enjoyed you? that shit. I did, yeah. I, I'm sure you... Uh, okay, then why did the 24-7 title work, huh? Because it was different. The 24-7 title isn't hardcore. The hardcore title, they'd fight in like theme parks and they'd fucking fight... It's the I, I, I understand what you're saying, but like I feel like realistically, there's not too much of a difference. Oh, you can't use a weapon while you're using a match. I mean, realistically, what's the difference? There's technically not a bell to start the match. So what are you talking about? I'm just all I'm saying is you're you're no, saying hardcore that, matches you could use. That was the whole point of them. The the way freaking the hardcore title was. One no, I'm four. talking about like the 24 seven title. Oh all yeah, right? but that's, that's what I'm stupid. Saying. That's different. That's it's the same. It, all right, I'm just gonna the say this: the 24/7 title and the hardcore title are pretty much the same thing. No, There's they're not, not much of a difference. The hardcore title started out as a singles title given to mankind. It's pretty much a trashed-up version of the old WWE. I know what it is. Right? I know what it so is. So he defended it, right? Al Snow would defend it, and they would just go normal matches. I I know then, I know how it started. Then somebody said, "I'm such a good champion. I'm going to defend it 24 seven." That was Crash Holly, and they would do different vignettes where they would have them, but they were actually funny and good. 
and our truth is good but now they have dana brooke and fucking tamia they've just added stupid elements to it and no one would ever find the 24 7 title we all thought was gonna I... be the hardcore title and it wasn't that's why everyone was pissed when they had mick foley come out we're like oh shit it's gonna be like the hardcore title it's gonna be like people fighting in the fucking pond and people hitting each other over in the fucking grocery store with trash cans because they would do shit like that in a way they tried to make it that way but also I'm just saying it was supposed to be like that and they tried to make it the best they can, but that's what it was. It was like, Oh, well, they did it in a PG era show. You're never going to see what you say. It's PG. You know, it's like, you're going to see the super. That's why I said, that's why I say it's like the 20, the 21 seven titles, like the hardcore championship, but the PG version of it. Yeah. That's what I was saying. But also the only other difference but you're just is, defending it because you because you watched it and you liked it. i'm just saying no, i thought it was but the also honest. the only other difference is that in the 24 7 titles there are rules pretty much you just have to what, what are the rules of the 24 7 title be a fucking mid carter and not matter that is not a rule <laughs> <laughs> but well, no, I, I, the reason i brought it up was because you said every match had a purpose that match didn't have a purpose okay it just happened but listen to me in your mind it didn't but at the time in the storyline it did so you're telling me you waited a year you said no you're not a year or something you never thought you'd see you're not hearing what i fully said i said wrestlemania was for matches that either you waited a year to see Matches that you never thought you would see. Matches that didn't really matter, but were at least decent enough to get by. And matches that had maybe a couple weeks of storytelling. That Look at WrestleMania 17. Did Eddie Guerrero versus Test really matter? No. But that was still the greatest WrestleMania of all time. So not every match is going to matter, but they're going to, to... there's going to be at least five or three matches that are on that card. They're like, damn, this card rocks. So that's all I'm saying. They had APA and fucking Taz against the right to censor. Did we wait a year for that? No, but we still got rock versus Austin. We still got TLC. We still got China versus ivory. We still got Vince versus Shane. We still got undertaker triple. You know what I'm saying? Like, what matches on here can we say? I need like maybe five or six right there. With this card, you maybe got three or two, you know, and that's the difference. No, I, I see what you're saying, but like, and that was a one night show, too, by the way. I, I know they didn't start doing the two night crap until WrestleMania 36, I think no, it was. My point with that is like they could have, they did all those blockbuster matches in one night and they had two nights and they could have pulled off match after match and they did nothing but bullshit comedy malarkey. With night two, at least, in my opinion. I feel like the only match on night two that really counted that was good at all was Edge and AJ Styles. I feel that, look, but you're right that, you know, there was some crap matches, but like, I feel like you can't say that and then say, oh, yeah, these WrestleManias are the greatest of all time when they have a lot of matches that are crap. I'm not saying that matches, that all the matches have to be great. So I'm not what matches, that. okay, here's an honest opinion. What matches from this year's WrestleMania do you think people in 10 years will go back and watch? Hell, 
20 years because we're talking we'll, we'll go 20 years because we're talking WrestleMania 2001. I gave okay. you six matches in 20 years. What matches from this card do you think people would really should go back and watch? From they sure back? they will. Well, that they that they that they will that that people will honestly say these are the greatest matches in WrestleMania history from both nights. I'm not <laughs> all right. Look. I'm not defending this WrestleMania. I don't know why you think I am. I'm not defending this. I'm just saying that not all the old WrestleManias were good. That's what oh, I'm saying. No. The first I, that's what it made, that's nine, what you're making it sound. No, the first nine had like maybe two or three matches that counted. When I did my WrestleMania for the 80s, there's maybe like four matches on there. I'm not saying every WrestleMania in the past is good. I'm saying I feel like growing up for me even up to like 2010 or 2012 or I'll say 2014, you got excited for WrestleMania season because you knew you were in for a treat this year. I was not excited at all. And I feel like it's a shame because you have two nights. You could have done a lot. You have competition going on that weekend. And I just feel like they're just never going to do go back to how they were. And that's fine. I just accept it. I agree with you. I wasn't excited for this WrestleMania, but, I feel what you're saying is you thought the WrestleMania lived the way you thought it was going to. You thought it was going to be shitty, and it was shitty. I think it wasn't the greatest WrestleMania, but I think it did better than I expected it was going to. I think night two, literally the only match that anybody will ever go back to seriously sit through and watch and really say was good is AJ Styles versus Edge. And there were how many matches on that card? On this card, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There were eight matches on this card, and only one of them really someone should go back and watch. That's what's sad. No, you're right. You're. Right. I'm just saying. I don't truly think it was the greatest WrestleMania, but I think it was an okay WrestleMania overall. Well, speaking of okay, we now have our WWE Women's Tag Team Titles match. It's a fatal four-way match. The women's tag team champions, Queen Zelina and Carmella. Queen Zelina, of course, looking great. It's a travesty. Carmella looking crappy. <laughs> Fucking dumb Carmella fucked up with everybody. Man. She had crap all over her face. It looked like she was getting her like a spa done. They're like, oh, yeah, by the way, your match is on right now. <laughs> what the fuck is this shit on her face? Who, Carmella? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, they are taking on Shayna Baszler and Natalia, the team of Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley, and Naomi and Sasha Banks. Um, really, not a lot of stuff going on here. Shayna stomps on Liv Morgan's foot and applies a leg submission. Queensley nails a code red to Liv Morgan, and Rhea Ron, and Rhea Ripley breaks the count. Carmel, Carmela, Carmela, Carmela lands a Hurricane Rana to Rhea Ripley. Carmella then kicks Natalia in the face and gets a two count. Natalia with a springboard kick. Sasha Banks with a frog splash to Carmella and she gets a two count. We see a cool moment where uh, Queen Zelina nails a moonsault to the outside. Sasha nails a meteor to Queen Zelina. Sasha and Natalia nail, or I'm sorry, Sasha and Naomi nail a combo finisher to Carmella to get the three count and they are your new women's tag team champions and uh both you and i thought queen zelina and carmella were gonna win and we got zero points for that dusty now has 
40 points because he got that match correct. What do you think of the women's tag match here? I thought it was a pointless match to actually be on the card. Yeah, really not a lot going on here. I thought it could have been a lot better, but it was what it was. You know, it's good to see Queen Zelina looking great. Great to see her. So can't complain about that, but I thought it could have been yeah. a lot better. Next, we have, obviously, like I said, the match of the night. AJ Styles versus Edge. AJ comes out with blood on his face because AJ was walking out and he ended up, like, bumping into the stage. So that's why he was bleeding. It was on Botch Mania. I thought I was like, damn. I really enjoyed Edge's entrance. I thought it was really cool the way he came up from the fire and he was sitting on the throne and it made his theme song sound really cool. It was good. I liked it. So AJ nails a drop kick and both AJ and Edge try finishers, but they are avoided. AJ nails are running knee to Edge, sending him into the steps. AJ goes for a springboard 450, but Edge gets his knees up and instead. Edge applies an abdominal stretch and he nails a shoulder breaker. AJ punches Ed hard to the mat. AJ then runs at Edge, who sends him far into the ring post. AJ suplexes Ed into Edge into the turnbuckles post. Edge does an arm breaker to AJ and he applies a shoulder submission. He then applies an STF and AJ goes for the ropes. AJ then jumps over the ropes with a DDT to Edge, which looks really cool. AJ then applies a, stor- a torture rack bomb and he gets a two count. Edge nails the execution and he gets a two count. AJ nails a really cool snap German and the two punch one another while they're both on the mat. Then Styles na- nails a Pele kick and a calf crusher is applied. Edge counters into a cross face. He cranks it on and it adds AJ's shoulders to it. Edge then nails an Edge-O-Matic and he gets a two. Again, non-stop action here. Edge bounces AJ off the ropes and nails a sit-out powerbomb and he gets a two. AJ then suplexes Edge off the top rope onto the apron. He nails a, AJ nails a springboard 450 splash to Edge's back and he gets a two count. Edge misses the spear and AJ nails a style splash and he gets a two count. We then see Damian Priest standing outside of the ring, which distracts AJ as AJ jumps off the ropes. Edge nails a spear and Edge is your winner. I get 10 points. Uh, so then, and you guys get zero. So that means I have 30, 40, 50. I have 60 points right now. Dan, you have at this point 50, and Dusty has 52. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. We started out with night one, we all had 30, right? So then mm-hmm. I get 20, wait, yeah, 30. So then 40 for Lashley, 50 for Knoxville, 60 for Edge. You have 10 for Lashley, so that's 50. Wait, no, that's 40. Then you have. I also have the Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. Yeah, so. yeah. So then that's 50. that is fifty. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yes. So you both well, and then Dan and then Dusty has forty right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, what did you think of the match? I thought the match didn't live up the hype it could have. I think it could have been so much better than what they actually made it be. It yeah. was slower than I was expecting. I was expecting a faster pace. Um, 
I didn't care for the Damian Priest thing. That was weird and stupid to me. Like, I don't get it. I understand Edge is, like, supposed to be forming a whole new brood or whatever. Why? I just don't get it. Like, okay, Edge is evil. Cool. Awesome. But why does he need somebody? He's been so dominant on his own in the past few months. Like, he hasn't lost in a while. So, you know what I mean? Well, because if you need to have a reason to dislike him, right? And like you said, Edge has been, Edge has been dominant on his own. Edge is an icon, right? So they're always going to want to cheer for him. So to Okay, really- all, right, all right, all right, fair, fair. But at the same time, you got to think about like this. AJ Styles hasn't won a match in like a year now. If he, if he beat Edge at WrestleMania, that's something that you can say, yeah, I'm proud. I beat him at WrestleMania. I've done this. I've been there, done that. I can take this and I can take this momentum and do something with it. AJ could do that. He could finally be like, I won a match after but so long with nobody believing in me. Here's you know what thing, I mean? Though. A lot of people that win, though, Dan, end up going nowhere. So my opinion, I don't really care so much about the wins or losses because look at all these people who have won. No, I understand that stuff. nobody goes because it's WWE. They don't know how to fucking book it. But, like, if realistically, if it was to happen, it should be the right winner should be AJ Styles if that's the way that, if that's the, way that the world should work. But it's but, not. But and I hate you got to remember, though. The storyline is these two guys. So why you gotta ruin my opinion? Why you gotta no, no. trash all over my opinion? No, I I respect your opinion. My my only thought is that the problem here is because the storyline was the fact that these two guys were parallel for twenty years in two different companies, just like they did a Sting. They're not gonna let a TNA guy be a WWE guy if that's what the storyline was. The storyline is that these two guys were in different companies, both doing sick, cool things. You had Edge as a WWE guy, Styles. Okay, okay, guy. but realistically, what is Edge gonna do with this victory? It's just another victory for him. It doesn't. He didn't need the victory, is what I'm saying. He didn't need it. AJ Styles could have used it so much more. And okay, let's let's take into account that he like with the fact that he has a new stable or whatever. What is he going to do with this? With like, is he gonna go after the world title or something like? Maybe he's done. He's done that already. Maybe, maybe because he's done it alone. Maybe now that he has a, he's a heel and he doesn't with the whole faction. Maybe he could do it now. I just well, don't see anything that he like. I don't see why he needs some like why he needs this. Is it to put over new stars? Okay, cool. Then I then I like the idea, but I just don't see why they why they immediately had to make why they had to put AJ Styles down. Why they're having to put Damian Priest with them? I just. I don't see why they're doing that. Even if what you're saying, the TNA thing, I just don't get it. You know what I mean? Well, technically, if you when we watch the WrestleMania match between Sting and Triple H, strength between Sting and Triple H, <laughs> Sting like should have won that match. He kicked Triple H's ass the entire time. But then, of course, WWE is not going to let WCW guy win, and that's just what they do. And that's part of the reason why I don't care for a lot of WWE's products because they put the wrong person. And they've over. always done this, even back with the Rock versus Booker T. Rock beat Booker T. You know, like that's just what. Mm, I think you're thinking of Triple H versus Booker T, where Triple H was doing racist shit, but that's me. No, I'm saying the fact of the whole parallel storyline. Booker T. Uh, well, I, I'm saying the 
Triple H versus Booker T match where, you know, Triple H was being racist for a yeah. shampoo commercial. But I just think that, like, I'm just saying, like, in a sense of, like, the way they, they treat other companies when they're doing WWE versus... If, if WWE has such a problem with the way other companies... If they just have a problem with somebody becoming a star in another company, why the fuck bring them in? If they're a big star and you're just going to ruin them, don't bring them in at all. It's not making your stars look better. It's just making your company look worse. Yeah. That's why I'm just saying, I have a problem with Edge winning. I think it should have been Styles going over, but that's my opinion. Dan's just a hater because I got a point. No, no, I don't care. If AJ Styles lost and maybe Edge did it in a better way, then sure, maybe I might would have, maybe I would have liked it if it was even a little bit of a better match. Didn't live up to what I thought it could be, right, and I knew it wasn't. Going, and I knew it wasn't going to because that's WWE for you. That they don't know how to fucking book shit anymore. Well, history will say that Edge beat AJ Styles at WrestleMania. So moving on, next up, which is a match that didn't really matter again: New Day versus Sheamus and Rich, Rich Holland. Holland. They have Bush Why the back. fuck is this man still in WWE after breaking somebody else's neck? So the New Day, they have Biggie singlets on as their ring attire. Holland and and um, Sheamus attack New Day. New Day, Kingston nails trouble in paradise. Sheamus pulls Ridge out of the way. Woods nails a huge kick to Ridge Holland, but then Sheamus nails a bro kick and Ridge hits a northern grip for the win. Uh, Dusty got points here. He got 10 points. So Dusty now has 50. You and I both have zero points there. I don't really care about this one. I mean, you can talk about it if you really want. It was really, it was literally the man was just like an, a one minute match, literally. Okay, everyone, welcome back. Dan actually had to leave, had some other uh, appointments to attend to. So I am going to be flying this ship home solo. It's okay. I still have results here. So let's get right back into the results. Our next match is Austin Theory taking on Pat McAfee. And um, Mr. McMahon comes down to a pop and he introduces us to the future Universal Champion, Austin Theory. <laughs> and uh, when Pat McAfee comes out, Dallas Cheerboys, Dallas, <laughs> Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders dance for. Pat McAfee and uh, the Seven Nation Army or the White Stripe song Seven Nation Army plays as Pat McAfee comes down. Uh, Pat punts a football in the stadium. The match starts and Pat McAfee clips Austin Theory in the lake and punches him. Theory nails a throat punch. Pat nails a spinning elbow in a hurricane run and gets a two count. Austin Theory with a knee to Pat's back. Theory nails a suplex. And then Pat nails a suplex, and then Pat pushes Austin Theory off the top rope onto the announce table. Pat then grabs a mic and trashes Theory and then tosses ice on Austin and then sends Theory into a table. Pat then misses a swanton, and then Theory pushes Pat off the top, uh, but uh, Pat ends up nailing a cartwheel, and then Pat nails a really cool leap and nails a superplex to Theory off the top rope to get a two count. Theory then lifts up Pat, but Pat rolls up Austin to get the win. Pretty decent match. Not a lot of stuff happening here. 
great to see the athletic ability of, of Pat McAfee. Austin Derry was great in the ring too, but there's really no point to this match. However, uh, speaking of points, I ended up getting, let's see what I get here. Well, we all got zero points for that because we all thought that Austin Derry was going to win uh, because uh, we don't understand why Pat would have won, but it is what it is. It's fine. Next, after this, Pat McAfee argues with Vince McMahon, then challenges him, and Vincent takes off his jacket, rolls up his sleeves, and then Austin Theory attacks Pat McAfee from behind, and Miss McMahon demands the referee ring the bell. Vince nails a clothesline, and he sends Pat into the turnbuckle post, and then Vince throws a football at Pat and gets the pinfall victory, so a match that was unscheduled Vince McMahon just wanting to show off his uh, physique I guess I don't really know the point of this I guess you can't have Wrestlemania without Vince McMahon moving on after this after Vince wins Vince and Theory hug and then Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out and he nails a stunner to Theory he calls Pat McAfee into the ring and stuns him as well he also nails a stunner to Vince McMahon, who does not sell it really well at all. <laughs> and then Stone Cold calls in his brother. He hugs his brother, and the two share a bear. And that's the end that we get to see of Stone Cold Steve Lawson at WrestleMania. <clears throat> it was great to see Stone Cold, but we wish we got to see more of him, obviously. Um, but it was, a, it was a good night for Austin. We now are here at our main event is the winner-take-all match, the WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman defending against the WWE Champion Brock Lesnar. And this match, there's a lot going on. I just have a quick results here. Roman got the win after he was able to uh, reverse the Kimura lock and nails a spear on Brock Lesnar. Uh, I thought Lesnar was going to win, so I get zero points. Dan thought Lesnar was going to win, so he gets zero points. And Dusty thought that um, Reigns was going to win, so he gets 10 points. So um, the match was pretty decent. I don't think it was the greatest match in WrestleMania history as they build it, uh, but it was a decent match. Two big brawlers going at it. Overall, I feel like this was a pretty decent WrestleMania. My favorite matches were Edge versus versus um, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes. I enjoyed uh, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. And yeah, I just thought that it was a pretty decent card. Uh, Ronda Rousey didn't really do much of it for me. And yeah, so those are the matches of the nights for me. We do have a tie when it comes to our points. Right now I have 60 points, Dusty has 60, and Dan has 50, but I do have some breaking news for you. Unfortunately, um, Dusty is no longer with us, so we will be dropping the news on who the real champion will be. We'll find out. Tune in to our Monday Night Raw recap. I hope you enjoyed WrestleMania 38. It was a great night. Be safe. And stay tuned. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up with the Uncensored Pro Wrestling Podcast. Bye.